so we are going to have on Sunday something that we call a mikvah. Thank you. And um, a mikvah is, we, we tend to think of it as an immersion, but really mikvah, the definition of mikvah is a, a, a pool of water a collection of water. And so the actual word for immersion is uh, tefillah. And this is generally considered where it's not a little dab will do you, it's a complete dunk. And um, now we realize that in the new covenant, the word is baptism and it comes from the Greek word baptizo, and, uh, which is thought to be a thorough change of condition accomplished through immersion. So let me say that again. The idea here is that it's a thorough change of condition accomplished through immersion. You know, there... Uh, the traditional answer to people when they say, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm fine. That doesn't fly with God because he knows what's really going on inside of you. So everybody, no matter how well you think you're doing, still needs a thorough change of condition accomplished by immersion. And it is that total immersion that we believe God would have us do because we are totally immersed in him and we are totally immersed. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the actual uh, idea, but you know, for an observant Jew, meaning one uh, observant in, with God, but not necessarily a believer in Yeshua, the mikvah still personifies both the womb and the grave, and consequently, a rebirth. It's regarded as a connection with God, and for that reason, it's a place where hope is reawakened and strengthened. I always, every year, I read this quote. You can read it with me if you'd like. It's from Yitzhak. Uh, Buxbaum in 1977, he wrote a book, The Jewish Spiritual Practices. It has nothing to do with Yeshua and the Messiah because he didn't believe, uh, to the best of my knowledge, nor was this book seen in any kind of a messianic way. But as we read it, just think of why don't our Jewish people see this? Even what he's written. Uh, so let's look at it. One interpretation of the mikvah relates it to an experience of death and resurrection, and also to the reentry into the womb and the reemergence. Immersing fully, you are like the fetus in the womb, and when you come up out of the mikvah, you are as reborn. The individual who has sinned and become impure is transformed. He dies and is resurrected and becomes a new creation like a newborn child. Right? So we said that tefillah was a full body immersion. 
and it marks a change of status. And the, it, it's a change from what is called in Hebrew Tameh to Tahor. So Tameh means a ritually uh, unclean person, impure, unfit to be really in the presence of the Lord. And Tahor is ritually clean. In fact, um, the word Tahor, it, it's, it, there's a song that I like, and I know you guys like it, um, which I'd like to do later on, uh, and if you want to join me. Um, but uh, Lev Tahor, which is a clean or a pure heart. But it, this is necessary because anytime we come into the presence of God, we are to be pure. And, and that's why we repent daily. That's why we come into his presence. Um, and that's why we can come into his presence. Uh, it's all about Yeshua. It was forbidden to come into his presence uh, in the old days, so to speak, um, to the temple without first going through uh, the mikveh, the, the uh, collection of water. And today... Still, Orthodox Jews, many of them, before the Shabbat service, will be immersed. And some of them even are immersed every day before the morning prayers. So the significance of this is, should be clear. It's a spiritual significance. We see in 1 Peter 3.21... Immersion now brings you to safety, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but a pledge to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua. And there's so many scriptures that we could go over talking about how we are, in a sense, resurrected with him. Um, we're going to take a little different route this, uh, this time, though. Uh, in Ezekiel, we see this spiritual renewal coming through the cleansing water. It says, for I'll take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you back to your own land. Then I'll sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. Moreover, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. I will remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my ruach within you. Then I will cause you to walk in my ways, my laws, so you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave you to your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. And I really believe that, that God is showing us what we are to hope for when we are immersed through, really through the Lord. We are to hope that any stoniness that is in our heart will be removed. Now, some of you might not recognize that you might have some stoniness. Is that a word, stoniness? I don't think, is it? Okay, it is now, thank you. Um, so you might not be aware of stoniness in your heart. And so the first thing is we have to recognize, and you, you really need to, in this time of the month of Elul where we're fasting and praying, that's the question to ask God. God, what is holding me back 
from having this amazing relationship with you where there, I sense your presence at all times. And when I come into that special quiet time, you illuminate your word to me. You uh, allow me to understand things that I've never understood before. This is what God wants to do. And we have to recognize any kind of wall that we've put up because of a stony heart. So it's critical that we deal with that. And we know that uh, in Israel, thousands of years ago, during the temple days, and the Essene would, would actually, they moved away from Jerusalem because Jerusalem was culturally too secular for them. And then they wanted to be out in the desert where they could really practice all the time. They, they, they wanted to be with the Lord all the time, and they felt that Jerusalem was just not a, a good place to do that. And so the Essenes went out into the desert. And uh, so there are many baths, so to speak, or uh, mikvah uh, baths that, that have been uncovered uh, over the years, and, and certainly at the temple as well. So, uh, you know, uh, it's funny because the, the, the thinking of the word born again is actually attributed to President Jimmy Carter. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, it wasn't a word that was really used that often in, in America, but, um, but Jimmy Carter said that he was born again and that kind of took off. And uh, people started using that word. But actually, it's a very Jewish thought, a very Jewish idea. And um, so even when a, if somebody who is not Jewish uh, through birth wants to become Jewish, they go through a mikvah. They get immersed and they, they uh, leave behind their own pagan ways and symbolically they die to their old self and they come up out of the water uh, as a newborn child with an entirely new identity. Uh, and in, in a sense, they are reborn or born again. In the Talmud, um, in uh, uh, you see up here a couple of quotes. When he comes up after his immersion, he is deemed an Israelite in all respects. And then we see another uh, quote. One who has become a proselyte is like a child newly born. So I believe that born again is a very Jewish term. And, and if somebody gets on your case about that term uh, and, and tries to you know, mock it or something, you say, oh, well, this is from thousands of years ago, and you can explain it. Yeshua told Nicodemus, who was this Jewish Pharisee, he said that to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again, understanding that the term might have referred to conversion to Judaism sheds light on the conversation. So it could be any rate. So when we look at the book of John, and Nicodemus says in John 3, 3 uh, verse 4, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? 
And from this Jewish perspective, he might have been thinking, how do I convert to Judaism if I'm already Jewish? Uh, and Yeshua answers, and he says, Amen, I tell you, unless one is born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So he was explaining to Nicodemus that we cannot rely on our Jewishness, but we have to enter into the kingdom of God with our spiritual condition. It's necessary. Our spirit is necessary for salvation. It's not a, a physical thing or even a works thing. And Judaism uh, regards mikvah as a symbolic expression of that rebirth. Now, the mikveh, as I said, represents the mother's womb, which is called in Hebrew, rechem, which is interesting because it's the same root as the word rahamah, which is for mercy. And immersing yourself in the waters of mikveh is like reentering the womb, the place of mercy, of where God's creative power resides and emerging from the mikvah is being born again. So uh, it's, it represents a death and a resurrection. When we're immersed in Yeshua, uh, we also become a new creation. And, if, and of course, we know the scripture, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, oftentimes, we don't attribute that verse to a mikvah. But you can see how it makes so much sense that it is referring to being immersed. Now, Paul understood this death and rebirth imagery of immersion and compared it to the death and resurrection of Yeshua. He says in Romans 6, 3 and 4, or do you not know that all of us who were immersed into Messiah Yeshua were immersed into his death? Therefore, we were buried together with him through immersion into death in order that just as Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. It's also interesting that the word in Hebrew mikvah comes from the root letters that are same uh, as hope, which, uh, which is why when we uh, say hatikvah, uh, we are saying the hope. And so we see that within the mikvah, there's hope. In fact, sometimes the words are used interchangeably, meaning hope and, uh, and mikvah, meaning the pools of water. So I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 13, you are the hope of Israel. Now, the word that is used there is mikvah. So you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be ashamed. Those who depart from you will be written in the dirt 
for they have forsaken Adonai, the fountain of living waters. And you know, the beautiful thing about scripture is you see a scripture and immediately your mind goes from one scripture to another scripture. When I see the fountains of the living water, I'm thinking of Yochanan 7, 37 and 38 on the last and greatest day of the feast, which was Sukkot. Yeshua stood up and cried out aloud, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of the, his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So when believers are immersed in the waters of mikveh, as a dedication of faith in Yeshua, they have the hope of new life, a new beginning in him. And we see in Jeremiah 29, 11, this is a surprise as well. For I know the plans that I have in mind for you, declares Adonai, plans for shalom and not calamity to give you a future and a mikvah. So let your mind think on that a little. A hope, a mikvah. Okay. Besides the fact of hope, um, immersion also connects with, obviously, repentance. And we see in Matthew 3, verses 2 and also 6, it says, Turn from your sins to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Confessing their sins, they were immersed by him, meaning John, in the Jordan River. So we see the connection here by immersion and by confession. And when the shofar sounds awake during the holy days to mend our ways and to turn back to God, we experience the joy as we are cleansed and transformed by the power of his Holy Spirit through tefillah, the immersion in the mikvah. And that's why... We do the immersion always right before the High Holy Days. And that's why we're doing it this Sunday. And anybody can come. You can bring friends. You can bring relatives. Come. But if you don't tell us you're coming and you bring 10 or 20 people, we might not have enough food for you. But that's okay. We have other kind of food for you. So... Teshuvah is a familiar message during the High Holy Days. Teshuvah means to repent, to turn back to the Lord, in a sense. And the, the, uh, the mikvah should have been a sign of inward cleansing uh, because when we repent, we are, and, and in the name of Yeshua, we are getting rid of all those things that are stopping us from being closer to the Lord. It's evident that Yeshua's final instructions would play a big part in making all the Gentile nations into disciples. So he went to his Jewish people, Yeshua, and said in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Ruach HaKodesh. So we are to do this when people come to know Yeshua as their Messiah, 
They should desire to be immersed. If you've never been immersed before, this is something, it's, it's not a, a commandment. It's not something that God says you have to do, but it's certainly something that we should do because there are so many reasons in order that we should have for being immersed. One is to publicly declare our faith in Yeshua. Secondly, to declare my desire to follow after Yeshua, to recommit my life to the Lord, to repent and be purified from my sin. And, and we saw that in the scriptures before. To receive an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. And, and we saw that when Yeshua was immersed, the Spirit of God fell upon him. And after 40 days being in the desert, being tempted, he starts his ministry. And so this is a tremendous way to start ministries uh, in our life, to be immersed, to publicly declare a new beginning. because And this should be spiritually or behaviorally and to testify of what God has done in us, and to encourage others in their faith, and possibly even to commit themselves to the Messianic movement and to Shoresh David. The bottom line is, Yeshua said to do it, Yeshua was immersed, and the first Messianic believers were immersed too.